Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe God has a place for you to belong, people to be in community with, and a purpose for you to fulfill. Here is today's message. Okay, we ready for, ready for the first series of the new year? All right, I'm super excited about it. In fact, um, we're start, it's going to be five weeks. Um, I say that by faith. Because this is my favorite topic of the Bible, this particular topic that we're going to jump into. And um, I believe that this series is probably the most important series that I ever teach on. It has the ability to change and transform your life in such a radical way that your life will never be the same. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. It, I really believe it, and I've seen it lived out in people's lives. And so I, I want you to know that this topic is very dear to me, and I want you to get everything that God has for you through this topic. And so I'm going to ask you just to open your heart up big and set your preconceived notions at the door because some of what you know about this topic is absolutely wrong. Um, that's something that I discovered as I really started studying in this realm. And you're all going, okay, pastor, what is it? Well, we'll get to it. So I'm just going to ask you, can we, can we like spiritually, can you like, right, and emotionally, can you like grab your seatbelt and just kind of buckle it? Like I'm serious, just buckle it, right? Get ready because we're going to go on a ride and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. You ready? All right, John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. We'll also be looking at John 14, um, 15 through 18. It says, but now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus, of course, speaking. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell, the tr- tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And then John 14, five, uh, 15 through 18, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but is because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I thank you especially, uh, God, for these verses that reveal to us the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that this morning uh, we are able just to set aside things that we've heard or things that we've experienced, things that we've had taught to us about the Holy Spirit, Father, that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive what the Word says about this this most neglected part of the Trinity, Father. And Father, I thank you that as we delve into these passages, God, that your Word changes us and transforms us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever noticed that our last words to someone are often the most important? Have you ever noticed that? Yes. Like for us, it's, it's one of those things when, when we leave the house or uh, somebody in our family leaves our presence, there's three words we always say without fail. I love you. 
And what's amazing is, is our kids were growing up, we would always say that to them. And now that they're adults, a lot of times they say it before we say it, right? Like this morning, Zach actually had some friends from his football team that were, came into town. And they went and had breakfast this morning. So he was up extra early, went and had breakfast. How was it? Was it Moon's? Was it open? Oh, good. Did anybody have the giant pancake? Oh. And um, like two, not even two minutes into the message, I'm talking about food. Anyway, and so he, um, he got up and, and he, he left the house this morning before we do, did. And, and what he said before he left, he goes, I love you, Dad. And then Boomy is out the door. But it's interesting how we do that, right? Like, if you've ever been with someone just before they've transitioned from this life to the next, the words that they share with you mean a lot, right? They don't, they don't look at you and go, hey, how about those cowboys, right? I mean, they, they don't do it, right? Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully they got something to say more than go cowboys or, or whatever. Um, you know, how about those Broncos or whatever? Usually what happens is somebody shares what's really, really important to them. They share the, the most important things, right? A lot of times, you know, I was reading a story the other day about uh, there's a guy that back east in, in uh, I think it was Massachusetts, that, that just passed away, and he had actually robbed a bank like in like 19, was it 62 or something like that? And he got away with it, and he lived his whole life having robbed this bank and never getting caught. And you know what he did on his deathbed? He made a confession, right? The deathbed confession. He told the truth. And everybody's like, what? Right? But you know what? It's what we do. We typically share the most important things to us at the end of our life. At those moments, we know, you know what, I'm not going to see you again, and I want you to know, I want you to know some things, right? Guess what? These verses in John, that's what Jesus is doing. He knows that his time, it's coming to an end. He knows he's about to depart, and he is telling the disciples the most important stuff to him. And what is he talking to him about? He's talking to him about the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus found to be the most important thing to be sharing with them in this moment, right? And, and these verses really should not only speak to the disciples back then, but should speak to us right now, right? These verses towards the end of Jesus' life, it's, it's him purposely and with great intention communicating to the disciples about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the role that he would play in their life. And I just want to tell you, you know what? I believe that the Holy Spirit is the most important and most neglected part of our Christian faith. Because there is no Christian faith without the Holy Spirit. And I'll show that to you as we go through this process. But there is no coming to Jesus without the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. In fact, you know what? This topic, the Holy Spirit, has direct references over 340 times. And yet, you know what? There are churches that never even mention the Holy Spirit exists. There are places you can go that actually talk against the Holy Spirit. When there's at least 34, 340 verses that talk specifically about him, who he is, how he operates, and the role he's had to have in our life. And instead of teaching those, people actually choose to go, stay away from the Holy Spirit. It's crazy. In fact, I would tell you that there's probably not a topic that is more divisive in the body of Christ than the Holy Spirit. We've literally divided the church on denominational lines. There's the Holy Ghost people, the Holy Spirit people, and there's the people that go, those Holy Spirit people are crazy. And they've divided it, right? And so my hope is that as we delve into these verses, that we kind of demystify a lot of this stuff. And I give you a good, solid foundation so that you understand the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
So the first thing that I want you to see out of these verses, John 16, 7 says this. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, like Jesus ever lied, right? <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? Hey, guys, just, you know, I'm not fluffing your charmer in this one. This is the truth. All right? It's just kind of... You guys don't read the Bible the way I do, I guess. I think it's funny. I tell you the truth, guys. Well, he always told the truth. I think he said it because it's important, right? He said it because it's important. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Think about that for a moment. You are one of Jesus' disciples. You have spent three and a half years of your life committed to this man, following him, listening to his teachings, there when the miracles happen. And he looks at you and he goes, it's to your advantage that I'm out of here. Can you imagine? That got to be freaking out. Like, really, Jesus? You're going to leave us? And that's my advantage? That's an advantage to me that you leave? I've walked every day with you. I've eaten every meal with you. I've been out on the sea with you. I watched Peter sink in the water. But I also watched him walk on the water. I saw you cleanse the leper. Give sight to the blind. I saw you walk on the water. I saw you speak to the storm and call it still. You have been everything in my life. And you're telling me it's to my advantage that you leave? That's kind of hard. And that's what he says. He tells him, you know what? Guys, besides all of it, Besides everything we've had these last three and a half years, it's to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go away. See, we need to realize, you know what? The Holy Spirit's an advantage. He's an advantage. And you need the advantage. Yesterday, we played the annual New Year's Day football game. My team won. Just saying. Terry, did you hear that? My team won, and, um, but can I tell you, yeah, he just looked in the door, he's in the foyer, <laughs> making sure everybody's not in trouble. <laughs> My team won, anyway, and so, but we had an advantage, we had an advantage by the name of Danny Osler. Because if we got the ball to Danny, I mean, I'm like, how did he get, so? I don't remember him being that fast in high school. He is quick, you know? And so, it's so it was so awesome because, you know, I would catch the kickoff, take three steps and go, here, Danny, shoom! And it'd be a touchdown. It was just, it happened again and again. It was so great. I was involved in so many touchdowns yesterday. But I had an advantage. Right? My team had an advantage. Can I tell you, Jesus wants you to have an advantage. He wants you to have an advantage. Right? He, his intent, you know, in sending us the Holy Spirit is that we would have an advantage while we were on the earth. And so he sent the Holy Spirit. See, <laughs> stupid notes, they constrain me. Which I'm trying to be constrained because I'm trying to lay some precepts down through this whole series to you, but uh, I'm, I'm going to really struggle with that. Um, you need an advantage. You need an advantage. Can I tell you, to live for Jesus, you need an advantage. I can't live for Jesus in my own strength. I can't. And if you've walked with Jesus for any period of time, and you look back and you look at those hard seasons, 
Anybody ever had some of those? Some of those hard seasons, you're like, wow, I really screwed up there. Right? Oh, I really struggled through that. Can I tell you, those are the seasons you are doing it on your own. The seasons you go through and go, wow, that should have been way harder than it was. But I'm on the other side. And I'm looking back and going, how did I do that? You did it because you're leaning into the advantage. See, we need an advantage to live our walk for Jesus. You know what? Living, living for Jesus in your own strength, can I tell you, it's impossible. You know what happens when you live for Jesus in your own strength? Mm. This is what happens. You become one of those Christians that's angry and bitter and condemning and judgmental and arrogant and pompous. You're that Christian that when you walk into a new place of employment and people find out you're a Christian, they go, "Uh uh-oh, they back up from you? It's because they encountered that other Christian. Can I tell you, when we do it with the advantage, we live different. Can I tell you, I have no problem being around sinners. In fact, I like some sinners better than I like some saints. That's just the truth, right? And I can live comfortably around them because I got the advantage. And I can look at them and go, you know what? I can love you because I got the advantage in me. And you know what? You can say this and say that and use that cuss word and that cuss word and do that and womanize and run around and be a jerk. I can still love you because I have the advantage. And can I tell you that the world needs a church that is empowered by the advantage. And we got to stop living like we don't have an advantage. Bury our head in the sand. I'm going to do it. I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to live this walk. No, you're not. You're going to look stupid and irritate everybody else in the process. It's time that we learn how to live with the advantage. Jesus said, I'm leaving you an advantage. It's to your advantage that I'm out of here. So start living the advantage. It is the best way to live. It is the best way to live. And can I tell you, a lot of, for a lot of years I had, I had the advantage, but I didn't live the advantage. And I'm telling you, living the advantage is so much easier. So much easier. I don't get offended anymore. I don't. Just try me. Right? Like Kirstie was saying, test me. Come on. Right? I don't get offended anymore. There's no reason to be offended. Right? Love does not get offended. The only way you can walk in love is if you have an advantage. We'll talk about that later. Okay. So he said, is it to your advantage that I go away? Jesus wanted us to have an advantage. Second thing I want you to see this morning. John 14, 16 through 17. It says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I love this. He says right here, he says, I will give you another helper. Can I tell you, Jesus knows he's leaving. He's being very intentional in the words that he is speaking to the disciples. He wants them to clearly understand what he is communicating. He is not just freewheeling it. He's being very specific, right? Because he knows the disciples who've been with him for three and a half years, when he leaves, they're going to have some serious questions, right? And now he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he wants to be sure that they clearly understand how to recognize and know the Holy Spirit. And so he says, right, he says, I will send you another helper. Well, who was the first helper? Jesus, thank you. By the way, if you look in your Bible, I believe that word helper is, is capitalized. If not, it should be, right? He said he'd send another helper. The first helper was Jesus. Can I tell you, Jesus helped us a lot, yeah. right? But that word another if you go back to the original language, 
there's actually two words that we see used predominantly in our Bible for the word another. One of the words is heteros, and the other one is allos. Let me explain heteros so that you understand allos better. Heteros is where we get the word heterosexual. Okay? What is a heterosexual? A heterosexual is a man to a woman. We are both people. We are both human beings. But how do you know many of you know this woman is different than this man? Okay? Heteros would also be used if we had a fruit bowl up here, right? And Anna came up here, and she grabbed a piece of fruit out of that fruit bowl. And let's say she grabbed a clementine. Don't you like when clementines are in season? They're all sweet and yummy, right? And so you have a clementine, and she's eating a clementine, and she says, I'm going to get, can I have another piece of fruit? And I say, sure. But she comes up here, instead of getting a clementine, she gets a pear. And she comes back, and she sits down, right? How do you know she's had two pieces of fruit? It's not a bad breakfast. Two pieces of fruit. Some of you are going to get used to seeing what that's like. With 21 days of prayer and fasting, we went into the Daniel fast. Two pieces of fruit might become your common breakfast. But right here, she's having two pieces of fruit, a clementine and a pear. How do you know? Both fruit. But they are not the same. That's the word heteros. It is something that is the same, but it's different. Okay? But the other word is the word allos. And you know what allos means? Allos means this. He says, I'm going to send another helper. That word there, another, is allos. And this is what it means. Someone that is exactly the same as me in every single way. Same attitude, same passions, same understanding, same revelation, the same. The closest thing we would have would be a twin, right? But how many of you know even twins are not the same? Jesus is saying, I'm sending you a helper that's going to be like me in every single way. And this is important. We need to understand that the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. He's got the same attitudes, the same passions, same things make him upset. Everything's the same. This is what Jesus is saying. I'm sending you someone who is like me in every single way. He wants, to know, wants the disciples to know that following Holy Spirit is going to be just like following him. Same in every single way. And you know what's really interesting is in these verses, if you go out and you study all this out in John 14, 15, 16, I love those verses, but this is what it says in John 14, 7 through 11. Listen to Jesus' words. He said, if you had known me, you would have known the Father also. If you had known me, you would have known the Father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. Why? Because we've seen Jesus, right? Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show me the Father? He's saying, come on, guys. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know what Father God's like? He's just like Jesus. What's God passionate about? What's Jesus passionate about? What's God's stance on healing? Well, what was Jesus' stance on healing? Right? What's God's stance on the demonic? Well, what was Jesus' stance on the demonic? Hello? He says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Right? 
Jesus is giving us a picture. If you look at all these verses here in John, he's giving us a picture, and this is the picture. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And if you've seen me and you've seen the Father, you need to know the one that's coming after me, the helper, is just like me, who is just like the Father. He's saying they're all the same. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are all the same. Now, they may function a little different. Okay, God did not come, God the Father did not come to earth to pay the price for humanity's sins. Jesus did that. But was it not the heart of the Father? It was, right? And guess what? Holy Spirit didn't die and pay the price for our sins. But didn't Jesus say that he would speak? And what he would speak is what he had spoke, that he would take what is mine and give it to you? See, they're all the same. And we need to realize that we recognize God the Father and we recognize Jesus because of Holy Spirit. And when we get that revelation, it changes things. So if you want to know what Jesus was like, guess what? One, you can read your Bible. It's a good place to start. But two, Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to you. And you want a key? This will change your life. You want to know whether the Holy Spirit speaking to you or not? He'll always speak in alignment with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will not speak to you contrary to what the Word of God says. He won't do it. Right? I mean, I laugh. Sometimes somebody will come to me and go, Pastor, I believe God's telling me to divorce my wife. I, I believe you're wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. What does the Bible say? Right? Now, there are reasons that is legitimate for someone to leave their spouse, okay? God doesn't condone physical abuse and things like that, right? But for you just to wake up one day and be in your prayer time and feel like you came out of your prayer closet and like, okay, it's time to be done with this one and get another one, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> right? You think the Holy Spirit tells you to go tell your boss off? You might want to ask what spirit you're listening to. Because you are not listening to the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says a lot about honor. Just saying. Third thing. Right. I only have 12 today. I'm kidding. Just laying some foundation here. Third thing. You need to realize that Holy, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. You need to hear that again. The Holy Spirit is a person. People often refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. Can I tell you, that is a gross error. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as him. Not it. This is what he said in John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Not it. Can I tell you, we've got to banish this it mentality of the Holy Spirit because I think, in, in somewhat of a way, it spookifies the Holy Ghost. Right? Do you know, understand the word spookify? That's one of my words. Um, just like I have the word prink, I have spookify. Spookify is to make something spooky. Okay? And too many people have made the Holy Spirit spooky. It's like, ooh, right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Stop acting all Baptist today. Lighten up, church. Now, I realize this is a serious topic, but I tell you, God's got a sense of humor. If you don't see some of the things Jesus said to the disciples is funny, you're looking at it as a religious mind. Some of the stuff he said was like, that's funny. I mean, think about it. You know, Peter's sitting in the boat. 
Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. Come. That's funny right there. There's no, yeah, Peter, it's me, Jesus. You know, you can't you see my face. It's, trust me, man. And he's just like, come on. Come. It's not the answer I wanted. That's funny. <laughs> Can I tell you that God is not spooky? Was God the Father spooky? Was, was Jesus spooky? I mean, really, I mean, when you read about Jesus, you're like, oh, that's so spooky. We don't do that. <laughs> right? But you hear about people, oh, I'm scared of the Holy Ghost. Spook, that's spooky. That's spooky stuff right there. No, it's not spooky. It's not spooky. It's not weird. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why people think the Holy Ghost is spooky and weird? Because we've been spooky and weird, <laughs> right? I don't know about you. I've seen some stuff under um, people saying it was Holy Spirit, and I'm like, no, you're just being weird. You're just being weird. And if, I won't tell stories from the pulpit, but you want to hear some stories, I can tell you some stories. People say that they're, you know, doing stuff by the Holy Spirit, and, and it's just being weird. <laughs> can I tell you that, that God is not weird or spooky, Jesus is not weird or spooky, so the Holy Spirit is not weird or spooky. He's not. Now, people have done things in the name of the Holy Spirit that have been weird and spooky. And there might be some things that the Holy Spirit does that takes you out of your comfort zone. But can I tell you, Jesus took people out of their comfort zone, like every day. I was like, Jesus, it's almost like Jesus woke up and said, all right, who am I going to offend today? Right? Who am I going to take out of their comfort zone? Right? Because people had these mentalities and these religious ideas that, of how God was. Right? So Holy Spirit will make you uncomfortable sometimes. I love it when he makes me uncomfortable. Right? One of the time, one of the places he makes me the most uncomfortable is when I'm praying. Right? And his conviction comes on me. And I'm like, oh, dang. He, he caught that. Right? <laughs> he saw it. I thought I got away with it. Right? But no. Right? So we need to realize, you know what? God is supernatural. Jesus is su was supernatural. And Holy Spirit is supernatural. But can I tell you that you can learn to live a life that is supernatural naturally? Right? You, you can live to live a life that is supernatural naturally. That's what Jesus did. Jesus lived a supernatural life naturally. Everybody wanted to be around Jesus. Why? Because he wasn't spooky, spooky natural. He was supernatural. And we need to realize that, you know what, just as, as he is a person, if Jesus, is, if Jesus was a person and the disciples came to know Jesus in an intimate, real way, right, they, they came to recognize Jesus' voice, right? Just like, like Zach comes home and he says, hi, Dad, I know it's him, right, because I recognize his voice. That's because he's a person, right? I can have a relationship with my son because he's a person, okay? Um, my wife has gotten on a plant kick, right? I blame my youngest for that. But we're starting to collect plants in our house now. We've never had plants before. And now, for some reason, we're having plants. I don't know if they're replacing the kids or what, but <laughs> now we have plants, right? But she's definitely nurturing and taking care of the plants, okay? I don't have a relationship with the plants. <laughs> I don't. I can't. And if I do, give me some help. <laughs> but I can have a relationship with my son because he's a person. The Holy Spirit's the same way. Build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I can know him as he knows me. I can learn to recognize his voice so that when he speaks, I know that it's him. Right? I can learn 
what Holy Spirit likes and what he doesn't. Because he's a person. Because he's a person. So we need to realize that we can learn and develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can learn his heart. We can learn his attitude. We can recognize his presence. We can understand when he wants us to do something. We can understand when he wants us to change direction. We can understand when he wants us to speak to somebody on his behalf because they don't know him. So we can cultivate that relationship because the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. The fourth thing, he's the helper. We're just laying foundation here. He's the helper. John 16, 7 again, right? He, he says that it, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, if I go away, the helper will not come to you if I don't go away. The Holy Spirit's a helper. He's a helper. Do you know what a helper is? A helper is someone who helps. Okay, but it's funny because we read Bible words sometimes and we make it things that it's not, right? Like we make the helper something other than the fact that he is there to help us. Holy Spirit is the helper. Well, help with what? What's the Holy Spirit supposed to help with? You ever think about that? If he sent us a helper, what is he supposed to help with? Well, he'll help you with a lot of things. But there's two primary purposes of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They were the same two primary purposes of Jesus. Again, if you've, seen the, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you know Holy Spirit, you'll know me. Right? It's all together. Well, what are these purposes? What are the, what are the purposes? What, what was the purpose of Jesus on the earth? Well, Jesus did two things. He served the purposes of God and the need of mankind. He served the purposes of God and the need of mankind. What will the Holy Spirit do? He will help you do the purposes of God in the earth and meet the need of mankind. Who's mankind? Us, right? Even if we're a woman, right? Mankind, womankind, it's all of us, right? It's all of us together. And Holy Spirit is a helper to help fulfill the purposes of God on the earth and meet the need of mankind. So you know what's really great about that? Is that means if you're part of mankind, I tell you, he'll help you. He'll help you. That's crazy. John Holy, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He does. Amen. I know that's true. He wants to help us. He's the helper. Well, how does he help us? Well, you never you ever needed somebody to encourage you? Come on, keep going. You can do this. Keep going. You can keep your integrity. Keep going. You can serve the purpose of God. Keep going. You know what? You're courageous. You can take that step of faith. You ever needed that? It's the job of the Holy Spirit to help you. You ever need somebody to correct you? Mmm, we love that, Sierra. Mmm. I love that. I love that, that, that Jesus said that, that the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin. Can I tell you, it's not your job to convict anybody of their sin. Man, when I got that revelation as a pastor, my preaching changed. It's not my job to bring conviction on anybody. It's my job to present the truth in the best ability that I have, be a mouthpiece for the Lord to the best of my ability, and let the conviction lie on his shoulders. Right? Can I tell you, people that have a different attitude of the church, if we'd stop thinking it's our job to convict everybody of their sin while ignoring our own. So 
right? Because none of us are perfect. Man, if I had to be perfect to stand up here, find somebody else. And when you find that perfect person, good luck. Because none of us are perfect. We all need the Holy Spirit to work in us, right? To encourage us and to help us and sometimes convict us. Tell us, no, don't, don't do that. You ever just ever had that happen, right? You're smiling your own business, da, da, and you're like, don't do that. And you're like, hmm. But it seems like a good idea. <laughs> Go ahead and try it. I had one time, I had a bungee cord, right? And that bungee cord was attached to another bungee cord, which attached to another bungee cord. So, and I'm stretching it, and I'm stretching it, and I'm stretching it. And it's just, I just, I need this much more. And it's not there. And I'm like, and I hear this, you better stop that. And I went, nah. Do you know what a whack is? It's pain. That's what a, that's what a whack is. Holy Spirit was saying, mm, better stop. Better stop. Right? And how many times do we hear Holy Spirit say, no, 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 stop. No, no, turn back. Right? Danger Will Robinson. Right? Right. <laughs> That's for the more mature crowd today. But you know, <laughs> my son's going, what was that reference? <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> that might actually be before my time, actually. But, but the reality is, is that, you know what? He'll, he'll speak to us, right? Point five, and then I really am almost done. Again, this is going to be very foundational week after week, but have you got anything this morning? Point five, and this is my last point, which you all know means nothing. (laughs) Just like Jesus and God the Father, the Holy Spirit has always existed as part of the Trinity. There are a lot of people that they have this mindset. I don't know where it comes from, but the Holy Spirit just showed up in the book of Acts one day. Right? Like, do 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 Hey, it's a good time. Right? It just pop up. God thought, well, we need somebody else, right? <laughs> Holy Spirit has always existed. Right? Genesis 1-2 tells us this. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And I just tell you, I hate that translation. In fact, I hate most translations of this verse. Because hovering sounds spooky. Holy Spirit was hovering. Can I tell you, I went back to, I went back to the Hebrew on this. I don't know where theologians get hovering. Because you go back to the root word, and hovering is not in there. It's not in there. I mean, I, I looked it up three different times. In my, I have an old school paper, Strong's Concordance, you know? It could be a, could be a coffee table there. It's huge, right? I went back there three times to double check. I'm like, surely I got this wrong. How did they get over out of this? Right? I'm trying, well, because this is a root, so somewhere, and I'm, just, I'm just trying, I couldn't find it. Actually, the best translation for this word, hover, what they used to hover, is brood. B-R-O, B-R-O-O-D, brood is the best word. And, and so that got me curious, well, what the heck? Because I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking brood like a daughter pouts. <laughs> I'm not saying that she's pouting, but she, she pouted before. <laughs> right? No. Or, you know, yeah. You, you, you do that 
that thing that sometimes a husband does and it's not the right thing and your wife broods about it. <laughs> Janice never broods. She'll go, go down and pick on her. <laughs> but that's not what this word means. And I think maybe this is why the theologians got away from it because they were afraid of, you know, people would get the misconception of brood. And, and the best... The best example, uh, the best picture that I can give you, there's one definition of brood that it's like a, like a bird. And the, the particular definition of it actually uses the word pheasant. Will sit on a nest and keep the eggs warm and nurture them. Oh, you knew this, right? Good for you, Dina. Kayla, high five. I'm impressed, right? So really, the, the better picture is that the Holy Spirit was there ready to nurture what God was doing. It's the better picture. Not this weird, ooh, hovering thing, <laughs> right? But the Holy Spirit was there to nurture what God was going to do in the earth. That's the, pi that's a, the better picture, of that. He's there to, to nurture. But the, the thing that I want you to see, the most important thing here is, is that Holy Spirit just didn't show up in the New Testament. Holy Spirit has had a role always. He's always been part of the Trinity. Okay? So he's always been with God, just like Jesus has always been with God. They've been together from the beginning. And we can actually go back and we can see the work of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning. Well, Genesis 1, 2 is pretty close, wouldn't you say? Right? All the way to the end. We can see the Holy Spirit at work. And we're going to take some time over the next couple of weeks and we're going to look at how did the Holy Spirit work. And next week particularly, we're going to look at the Old Testament. How did the Holy Spirit work and function in the Old Testament? before Jesus, because the, his ministry has changed a bit, a bit, not much, but a bit in the New Testament, right? And, and so we're going to look at that. And, and I just want to end with this this morning, is that, you know what? I believe that every denomination, every denomination has put the Holy Spirit in a box, Everyone, right? And, and I know that in our, in our church, right, where's the ex-Catholics? You know there's no such thing as an ex-Catholic. One's a Catholic, always a Catholic. So my mother says, I love you, Mom, right? How about any Lutherans? Any, there we go, some Lutherans, Episcopalians, Methodists, Right? How about, how about some Assembly of God or some AGers? Any old AGers in the house, right? You know? Maybe you cut your teeth on Word of Faith. Anybody cut their teeth on Word of Faith? Nobody's going to raise their hand on that one. There we go. Zach did. Yeah. Pentecostal, charismatic, right? And, and maybe for some of you it was a little bit crazy-matic, yeah, right? I realize that we all have different theological perspectives, that we've come in, different traditions. And I just want to encourage all of us, allow me to push the sides of your box a little bit. Because when I started studying for this material, I did something that I've never, th that I never do, okay? I run in predominantly one lane the theologically, right? We, Janet and I, are graduates of Rama. So theologically, we kind of run that way. And, and I would say that if I cut my teeth anyway, it would be assembly of God, word of faith. That was the vein that God brought us up in. And through the transition of, of pioneering a church, God connected us to other streams, and we started building relationships outside of those streams. And so I got to know other people with different theological perspectives. That might help some of you a lot, by the way to have some relationships that don't believe like you theologically because it'll, one, it'll test your theology 
And by having your theology tested, it should strengthen your theology. And so what I found is I got prepared to do this because I knew people have a lot of different perspectives. I got out of my theological box. And I decided I'm going to read some stuff that I would never read. I don't want to know what a Baptist believes about the Holy Spirit. Any Baptists? There we go. Thank you, Karen. I don't, I don't want to know what they believe. Because they don't really believe in the Holy, they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Like, I don't want to. But you know what? I went and I read some of their stuff. It stretched me a little bit, pulled me a little bit, and I went, mm, what they're saying is more theologically sound than what I believe. Hmm. Maybe that verse that that guy taught me, maybe he's the one that took it out of context. I didn't like that. But it made me go to the word on it, right? I, I read one of, the, one of the first books I read when I decided that I was going to stretch myself was Forgotten God by Francis Chan. And I'm like, I got done reading it, and God bless you, Francis. I love your stuff. I love your heart. I wish every believer on the planet had your heart, Francis, if you ever see this video. But I don't agree with your book very much. I think it cold-souled it. I think he could have gone deeper. Because I think he's a guy that, that loves God very much. But I think he could have gone deeper. But in reading it, I'm like, mm, he's stretching me a little bit here. Making me think a little different. Pulling on me. So I started reading and studying and looking at things that I never looked at and studied at. And what it did for me is it made me more solid because I realized there's some things that, that my vein, that I was raised, brought up in, neglected. Some things I wish they would have taught me that I didn't get taught. And don't get me wrong, I love my Bible school very thankful for it. I'm glad, very thankful for who we are as a church and the DNA that we have. I'm not denying any of that. But what I'm saying is that it helped me. And so I'm just going to encourage you. There's going to be some things I'm going to say and you're going to go outside of my box. Go ahead and get outside of the box. I've been out of the box a long time. Because you know what I've discovered? I discovered, you know what? I got born again in Assembly of God Church. I was raised in a Catholic church. I had a little uh, occurrence once or twice in a Lutheran church, okay? I went to a, when, I first, when Janet and I first moved to Portland, we went to a church that was a, a non-denominational, spirit-filled church that uh, I think it was the word of faith vein, but I can't say 100% it was. It was definitely more on the more charismatic side that you talked about, Riley. And, and you know what? I'd like to say that I'm one thing, but I'm not. I'm a Heinz 57. I am. I'm a Heinz 57, Right, I'm a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you know what? I've realized that, you know what? I can learn from all streams. And that I'm better because of it. And so if you're new to us today, and you're going, what kind of church are we? Well, I kind of told you, I don't know. But you know what? We believe what the Bible says. And I will labor to know what the Word says. And so I'm asking you, no matter what your spiritual background is, Allow me to push the sides of your box a little bit, right? I have pushed the sides of my box. So let's push them together and see where the Lord takes us. And I think when we're done, you're going to go, wow, pastor, that should be a book. I'm serious. Because as I've been working on this, I'm going, that should be a book. Anyway, I think so. I know one person will say that because he always tells me to write books. But, okay. You ready? Let's close. Father, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for giving us revelation on the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, it's my desire that through these weeks that we're going to spend studying you, God, that our understanding of you would grow, Holy Spirit, that we would understand you in a new way, that we would learn to recognize you understand your voice, recognize your leading, that we'd be sensitive. 
the Holy Spirit, we would let you be the helper that Jesus said you would be. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just know that there's some people here that you're facing some hard decisions, you're facing some hard circumstances. And you need to know that the helper's here. So Father, I just pray, God, for those that are here this morning that would say, I'm desperate for the helper today. I need him to speak. I need him to encourage me. I need him to strengthen me. I need him to give me some direction. Father, I pray that right now, that right now, even in this moment, Holy Spirit, you're, you're speaking to them. Show them the next step. God, they're not sure what it is, but I pray you would show it to them. Let revelation come. Let it come right now in Jesus' name. Let that revelation come. Father, for the one that's in turmoil this morning, just call for that peace that comes by Holy Spirit just to descend on them right now. They would just sense your peace that you would just surround them. Just envelop them in that peace right now in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to bring conviction. Holy Spirit, bring conviction right now. Do it so we don't take anything into this new year that we should leave behind. Speak to us and show us those things that we need just to lay aside. Those things that are hindering us and keeping us from moving forward. if you're with us online or in the building here this morning, the reality is, is that really one of the first works that we ever encounter of the Holy Spirit is Him revealing to us our need for Jesus. So many times we have this mentality that we find Jesus, but really Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. And so I just have to ask this morning, you're here this morning and you feel like Holy Spirit's leading you to Jesus for the very first time. And you know that you need to take a step with Him. If that you would be honored to pray with you, whether you're with us here physically or online. If that's you, would you lift up your hand? If you're online, you can click that link. Is there anybody like that this morning? I just want to be sure that everybody has an opportunity to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's doing this morning. Anyone at all. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, I just command a blessing upon all these people that have chosen to start their year with you. Father, I pray that you would lead them through their week, God, that they would recognize the leading of your spirit. Father, for those that I know that there will be a point where they hear that, don't, don't go forward, God. I pray that they be emboldened to be obedient. And Father, I just thank you for them. I thank you for this community that we get to do life together. I bless them in Jesus' name. Well, we love you guys. If you got something, would you show me you got something today? A little different than what you expected, right? Amen. We love you guys. Have an awesome week. We will see you prayer tomorrow night. Thank you for listening to the Rivers Edge Church podcast. If you would like to know more information about the church, 
please visit our website at recboise.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can subscribe to our YouTube page at RECBoise. Thank you for listening.